Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars and welcome to day two of our San Diego Comic Con blog pod coverage. It is about 8.30 in the morning and if this is your first episode, we will be following my little adventures around San Diego Comic Con. Today we've got a Funko interview, but now we are off to the Hasbro uh, preview breakfast which is very exciting. So uh, we're going to stop talking and get there. Hey guys, it's about 10.30. Just got out of the Hasbro press breakfast, which was really cool. Uh, Got to see a lot of old friends and and meet a few other crew that I know. I did actually go up to someone and say, have I met you in real life before? Because... They're a sweet little Twitter friend, and at conventions you lose track of who you've actually met in real life before. But yeah, it was really fun, tasty little breakfast, so thank you Hasbro. And then I just dropped off my goodie bag, care of Hasbro back at the hotel, and don't run over me lady, and now I'm going to the con to check if Itty Bitty's the exclusive, if it will be possible to get one today or if I'm too late. I was going to go in first thing, but then I went to the breakfast, so got to get this Itty Bitty, you guys carded Ponder Barber. I should also say, at the um, preview night they had carded uh, Princess Leia and Luke which is really cool, original trilogy. I think I maybe mentioned that yesterday. But anyway, those little Itty Bitty teddy bears. They do it for me, you guys. So, uh, let's see if I can get my little exclusive. Gotta get my little teddy bear. Alright, guys, it's about 11.30. Gonna head to the Jack's panel, see what's up, see what Tony's got to say. But I just got out of the Hallmark line. Very successful that I got my Ponder Barber carded little vintage carded itty bitty teddy bear so all is well in the world you guys my completest teddy bear lifestyle continues but there was this dude behind me in the line at hallmark that was officially the most annoying person in the planet on the planet oh i can't go down Sorry, I just tried to go down an elevator, an escalator that wouldn't go down. Only up. Anyway, but um, yeah, he was trying to get ahead in the line with the staff because uh, parking was tough today. And he just kept complaining to the staff. 
And yeah, the Hallmark line is very well run, in my opinion. And he ended up pulling out a receipt for $500 he'd spent at a Hallmark store as some sort of pass. And the lady said, Sir, if you mention this one more time, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And I had gone from just being in pain listening to this guy complain to absolute joy <laughs> at hearing it served. It was awesome. But uh, yeah, Walrus Man is in bag. Repeat, is in bag. Guys, it's just before 12 and Gonk Droid's panel is about to start. We're calling over the Gonk Droid himself. Tony, are you excited for the panel? Hi. Yes, extremely excited. And there's that personality we're going to be looking for up on stage. Is my voice okay? I could hardly speak. I don't normally have a problem with your voice. It's it's what comes, it says that is the issue. That's definitely the issue with us. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. Um, so you're going to close with the reveal of the 50-inch um, Snoke? Dude, can't talk about that right now. Come on. Very exciting. All right, it's 12.25. I went to the Jacks panel and very limited Star Wars information there. Uh, no new figures announced. They just went through some uh, customization. Tony had uh, found some good customs on Instagram and they posted them up and that was it. So, I don't know. The, the Comic-Con thing with... The lack of being able to show any new figures from the upcoming Star Wars films does does hamper excitement a little bit for the uh, enthusiastic Star Wars fan. Alright you guys, it's about 3 o'clock and we are up at the Funko booth, which is just one of the craziest areas in all of San Diego right now. And we are with Mark from Funko. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm in that weird Comic-Con stage where I'm tired, but I'm just like going, no. Oh, I, I'm, my, my body is completely shut down. I'm operating basically on rage and, and the force of will alone. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the rage. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll touch on rage in a little bit. I'm fascinated with Funko just on paper. Like, it's a phenomenon. It's, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. out of control. Like, back in Australia... I uh, the the news agents I used to go when I go home like back to visit the news agents I used to buy magazines from is now essentially a Funko department store hmm. like it is such a phenomenon. How did it start? Uh, well, going all the way back, Funko really started as a uh, as a classic bobblehead company. It was started by Mike Becker, who actually sold the company to our current owner Brian Mariotti. Odd note, Mike actually currently still works for Funko. He came back to work at Funko. He's our VP of apparel. But um, you know, he started the company as more of a, of a true bobblehead company, like the kind that you might get you know, at a baseball game mm-hmm. in America or some such. And then when Brian bought it, I think he really kind of thought, hey, there's something here, but I see it as a little bit of a broader play where it's not just a bobblehead company, but it's a pop culture company. We're going to make anything and everything that's pop culture so that if people love a TV show, a movie comic book, a band, they'll have something they can put on their desk, or their body or, or their keychain or whatever to express their love. And I just think 
Brian really kind of took that that singular idea of collecting something to like really becoming how do you show your love for anything in pop culture and make sure that Funko makes it. Excellent. So it was Brian that came up with the idea for Pops because I feel he, like... He and, so, and, and, and he was actually working with um, one of our licensors, Warner Brothers slash DC, and they kind of challenged Brian to come up with a new look for a collectible, and our artists had already been sort of working on brainstorming on a new form factor, and they ultimately arrived at Pop. So it was kind of DC pushing Brian into, like, let's think about a different type of stylized collectible, and yeah, that's basically what they came up with, is Pop Vinyl. That was back in 2010. Wow, I wish I had major motion picture studios pushing me to develop a uh, pop culture phenomenon. <laughs> it's just not right. It, it is crazy how it's just transcended yeah. like every license, and it's sort of to the company's credit that it has amassed like pretty much everything that you could possibly wish for in a little thing to sit on your table. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was maybe like the turning point or the... Like was this like a, a product release that sent it into the stratosphere, or was it sort of like a gradual growth? You know, I, I think of a couple of licenses that really, like, as as Walking Dead and Game of Thrones both premiered. Um, I mean, what they're both in about their like sixth season or so. So, I mean, five six years ago, those shows were really kind of a pop culture phenomenon, like outside of Star Wars and kind of the usual, you know, big hit franchises. Those shows just became forces unto themselves and and nobody else was making a lot of merchandise for them so when you wanted a rick grimes or you wanted a ned stark funko should, sort of stood alone in that regard and i think you know brian really kind of had, had, had anticipated that he he worked with those uh studios to get those licenses he doesn't really take no for an answer and he really thought we we're, we're going to be able to monetize this and not through classic action figures but through something a little cuter a little softer that appeals to both men and women, young and old. But I, I really feel like it was kind of those those shows which are just as big as any movie but are on, you know, 10 or 15 times a year uh, really kind of drove that explosive growth. And then that enabled Brian to then leverage that into, now let's make sure let's get every license under the sun, which is kind of where we're at right now. Nice. I, I, for some reason, I find it comforting that it was a well-laid-out plan. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he absolutely is looking at it in terms of, like, and still looking at it. Like, I mean, there's some stuff where it's lightning in a bottle. Like, we've got a new Bob Ross pop where I don't think anybody thought, oh, wow, everybody is wanting, you know, a pop from the joy of painting. But it, it, it's taken off. Or Golden Girls, um, you know, la- you know, at, at New York City Comic Con. I don't think we anticipated that that was going to be that popular. But in general, it's kind of like, well, where are the trends? What do people love? What are people talking about on Facebook? What are people talking about online? We listen, you know, what do our retailers think they can sell? Um, and then we come up with a plan. What has been the most licensed that when you've heard, oh, yeah, Funko's got this, that you're just like, well, now I've heard it all? That we actually got? Yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty shocked. I remember the days when they were talking about, we need to do, do Golden Girls. And I was like, that is insane. Nobody is going to want Golden Girls. That was a show that on that when, when I was a kid, and it was massively huge. And everybody at Funko was wrong except the one guy who believed in it. And he'll, and he'll still remind you of it to this day. I mean, anything like that, I think, kind of will will shock you at some point. You know, I, I, I know, like, right now we're working on a lot of 90s music stuff that I think we have high hopes for because retro is kind of in and people... People are, are, are nostalgic for their childhoods. 
you know, I think I think it's interesting to see what people respond to, but it's not easily predictable. I mean, it's easily it's easy to predict like, oh, Thor is going to be huge. Obviously, Thor three is going to be a giant mm-hmm. movie or The Last Jedi. But it's kind of more fun when something jumps out of the woodwork and surprises you. Yeah, and it's I guess not having it that traditional action figure sort of device right. sort of like gives like widens the gap for you know someone working in an office or something yep. to, to place it on their thing and then what I have found is then people get addicted <laughs> well yeah and then their workplace is overrun oh I think that's exactly what happens somebody goes and says I don't even know what that is but that's really cute and I like that show so I'm going to go ahead and buy Ned Stark and then they're like oh, now now I really need Rob Stark to go right next to him. Now I need Jon Snow. And it just, it does kind of spiral. And so, yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, I, before I worked at Funko, I was a collector and I was grabbing things much in the same way. Like, well, you can't just get John Lennon. You got to get the rest of the Beatles. It just looks stupid by itself. It would be lonely. Right. Now, let's talk Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You have got here, which we're very excited about, probably... Is it the first uh, Supreme Leader Snoke bit of merchandise out there? I believe so. I don't think anyone else has made it. I mean, Hot Toys hasn't. Uh, Hasbro hasn't made him yet. So I'm pretty sure we're the only ones that made uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. We, we also made the first Luke TFA item ah, as well. Okay. So I think we're, we're oftentimes first to the game in some of those respects. So how does that work? Like, like it, it's hot that you've got the, the Snoke and it's like an extra large size thing. I, Snoke has a special place in my mm-hmm. heart, mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure you know. How is it that other licensees just not going for Snoke or are you guys getting special permission to make this <laughs> mysterious character? I honestly don't know the exact answer to that in that case. I mean... In, in any licensing discussion, there's always kind of, what does Funko want to do? What do retailers think they can sell? What do the fans want? And obviously, what does the licensor want to do? So it's it's quite possible Lucas was telling people no, or it's possible nobody expressed any interest. I really don't know, but I'm sure at some point Brian was like, I want to put out a Snoke figure and really fought for it. He's very convincing, probably laid out a plan. We're going to make it a centerpiece of Comic-Con. And, and somebody over at Lucas slash Disney said, okay, let's do it. But I don't actually know the specific details, but I know that those are discussions that happen between us and licensors all the time. And we're always kind of looking for the, like, what aren't people doing? Like, everybody's yeah. doing these characters. Who can we focus on to differentiate ourselves? So this was, a, this was an easy one. Yeah, well, I I think I've got one, like an, a furry Ewok Funko. I'm not sure what that variant is called, but someone gave it to me. Because I think Funko might be one of the most gifted products on the oh, planet man, right yeah, now. Yeah, right. It's like, you like this? Right. Have this. Right, right. It's got a big head. But the Snoke... <laughs> so I, I've been resistant to Funko's charms. But Snoke... It, I was like, I have to get... I have to get the Snoke. It is, it is It's pretty so great. Dark. It's glow-in-the-dark. You know, it's it's oversized. It'll look cool next to uh, Hux and Kylo. It's, I, it's a nice piece. And then, depending on what you believe, you can also make it double as an Ezra Bridger figure... Or a, Listen, it's or a Palpatine you, figure. Do you want to hear my theory? Yeah. Ray is Snoke. Have you ever seen them in the same room together? <laughs> That's the worst one yet, right? No, it's not. I don't get why. People, <laughs> I don't get why people just can't accept it's a new character. It's just some guy. Like when we started watching the original trilogy, Han Solo was just some guy. He didn't have to be somebody else. You know, he's not. He's not. Qui-Gon's son or somebody like that. I mean... <laughs> I feel like if they don't reveal 
the true identity or not identity of who it is. I'm just going to need to have on my tombstone, it was a new character. <laughs> it's, it's killing me. It's killing me. Now watch in the Han Solo movie. Now it probably will be revealed that Han Solo's quite a son. <laughs> the guy from Funko knew I knew it all along. <laughs> And uh, how wide is is the Star Wars collection now? Oh, I I have no idea. I mean, because it goes it goes back so long, and you're wow. looking at you know original trilogy stuff, obviously, and then you're looking at some of the prequel stuff, which admittedly we did not do a ton of prequel stuff. I think we're circling back to it now. Then you roll into what we've done for The Force Awakens and what we've got planned for Last Jedi and Han Solo, which is coming up sooner than you think, right? Yeah. You know, so we're already hard at work on that stuff. Um, so, I mean, that it's obviously one of our, our largest catalogs at this point, but I, I could not tell you how many pieces there are. And we're still circling back to, like, the art team is still thinking about how can we make a, a how can we make figures from the original trilogy different? How can we make them look cool? Like, what can we do to Boba Fett that is different than the Boba Fett figures that we've done? Because there are still new collectors coming into the, the mm-hmm. you know, Funko ecosystem all the time that may or may not have had a chance to get that original figure. So, how do you make a new Lando figure that people will like that doesn't upset the original collectors who have that rare Lando figure you know so it's always kind of a challenge but the artists are are really good at figuring out well let's change the pose let's make it more dynamic and and so there's some cool stuff even from the original trilogy still to come out so how do you work that balance of obviously there's some very rare Funko product and it's you know it it commands top dollar on eBay or wherever but you also want to allow new collectors in like, how do you maintain that balance? Because I'm, I'm a bit of a... This is just me, and I've got some OCD issues. But I'm like a have one thing. So I, I'd be very happy with my Snoke and go, that's just that one right, thing. Right, yeah. And I'd, if something appears next to it, for, and then I'm just like, oh, now I'm, I'm on my way. I've got sure, to get yeah. them all. Right. But I'm not, I, I know not a lot of people like me, but I, I'm a sort of an all or nothing type of collector. Yeah. How do you service that to maintain the value of, of these older ones, but not alienate people that are sort of you know just getting into it now? Yeah, like I said, I think that's just what we have to do is kind of push the form forward. So that way you're like, well, we can't do Boba Fett just like we've already created Boba Fett because that would you know be a slap in the face to the people who bought that figure. So the, the new Boba Fett figure has to be different. Maybe he's flying. Maybe he's in a different pose. Maybe he has a different accessory. But it's, there's always got to be tweaks. And, and luckily enough, we have very talented artists who can... Um, you know, think who can kind of look through that and figure out here are some new ways that we can make Boba Fett into a new design and still be Boba Fett and still be accessible to both new and older collectors. So uh, it, it really, that challenge is on the art team because we don't want to do something where we're just like, hey, here's the old figure and, yeah. and, 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 and you know, the eBay values plummet for the original uh, collectors because that would not be cool to the people who've been with you a long time but we do have to make it available to newer collectors so it's just it's an art challenge i feel like more than anything else yeah and is there like a dedicated star wars team like with a lot of different franchises that have their star wars Mm -hmm. team or at funko is it sort of just like there are definitely people who work on star wars they don't work on star wars exclusively Mm -hmm. but we definitely have our people that work on star wars like we have our designers that like that's what they work on in addition to a few other things, because they love it, they're good at it, etc. And that's kind of how almost anything at Funko is. It's like people really generally get to focus on the stuff that they're passionate about. Because I, I think it, it shows in the work. I mean, how many employees work at Funko? 
Uh, I think at this point we're up over 300 in in the Everett area, but then we still we have an office in in uh, England because we bought Underground Toys. We have an office here in San Diego that's our apparel division, and, and then we just bought Loungefly uh, to do more accessories and handbags and that sort of thing. And they're down here in Southern California too. So all told, we're probably well over 500 at this point. Wow! And as I was saying before, I've got the the furry wicket. What mm-hmm. other sort of new sort of innovations have you been putting in to sort of expand the licenses? Yeah, I mean, right now it's so with Pop, we're looking at a lot of the things like we've tried uh, so called Pop Deluxe, where you've got like Luke in the Land Speeder or Han on the Tauntaun. So adding creatures, vehicles, I, that I, sort of I, thing. I love the Wampa with the upside yeah, down. Yeah, that was, that was, like, that's awesome. funny. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Very cool. Um, yeah, having kind of cinema scenes like that, I think, is key. And then it's also trying different form factors. So we just did Star Wars' mystery minis for the first time. Or actually, they're not out yet, but we've announced them. They'll be in stores very soon, it, later this summer. Is so. that like a blind bag? Yep, exactly. Little, little deal? Yep. So the little blind bag characters, uh, I think we're starting with the original trilogy, specifically A New Hope. So we've never we've we've made tons of mystery minis before, but never for Star Wars. So expanding okay. the license to other forms. This interests me. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that sort of figure format is is interesting. Like it's something like where I'm like, ooh, I might want to get into that. Mm-hmm. I- explain how that's going to work and like recommend retails and that. So you um, you basically buy them as a retailer. You buy them in in what we call a PDQ. And which is basically just a, (laughs) which is just, I don't even know what that means. I think it means product display quantity and it shows up in a box. So there's usually like um, 12 or 24 in a box, but they're all boxed individually. So you as the customer don't know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like nerd gambling, right? You buy the box, maybe you get one of the, the, the so-called common items. Change the name. (laughs) Mini nerd gamblers. <laughs> I, and by the way, I say that lovingly. I am a nerd, and I don't think there's any shame in that. But you know, you might get you might get one of the one in twelves, which is just a common. You know, it's great. That's Luke or that's Obi Wan. But then, if you want the Obi Wan Force Ghost version, Ooh. well, that one might be a one in twenty four or a one in forty eight or you know, a one in hundred and twelve. I mean, whatever. I mean, and then there you you can insert rarities. It, the format allows us to actually do exclusive boxes at certain retailers. So certain retailers might have different mystery units than others. So to collect them all ends up being a little bit more of a chase for your average collector because they're going from store to store, unwrapping a lot of them. Uh, I've heard people are sneaky and they start to weigh them and try to figure out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oh, what's going to be in what? I don't know. People go to all kinds of links to, to figure what? out where how to get the super secret ones. In my day... That, that new Mission Impossible sounds awesome. <laughs> I was pretty good in my day of figuring out, in the Game of Thrones mystery minis, which ones were the dragons. Okay. I, could just, I could just feel the weight of the dragon. I don't know how great that makes me, but I had a real uncanny knack for finding little drogons. The way he's acting out his hand, how he's feeling the weight of the dragon is, is disturbing. It is. Just, it's a little shameful. 
<laughs> so they're about an inch tall or yeah i think they're about an inch no no an inch is like that that's like we have a line called pint-sized heroes that are an inch tall but that we don't have those for star wars yet i think mystery minis are are all are about three inches tall shorter than the average like hasbro action figure okay but and and what sort of is it like a big head sculpt or is that a bit more true than a like it's a, pop? a it's a bit more true it's certainly not as big as um like as big head of, of uh, design as pop is but they're still st- softer designs they're still what i would consider stylized they still have a, a, a cuter mm-hmm. sort of form to them definitely not photorealistic or you know on model okay you, you've got my interest with that one mark they're gonna be out soon i think people are gonna dig them okay and you mentioned about the, the frustration and running to different mm-hmm. uh, shops and all that sort of stuff how hard is it with like a thing like San Diego Comic Con, where you know you've got one of the hottest you know mm-hmm. wines you know here? How hard is it when you've got they all want, everyone wants the limited edition style. Mm-hmm. They want it because it's limited edition, right? And they're fans, and it's sort of like you've got to weigh up how much you can test the patience of your collectors. <laughs> like, how hard is that? I mean. Honestly, we don't want to test anybody's patience. That's not what it's about. Um, there is a lot of buzz to be had and brand value to be had at being at Comic-Con. I still want people to have a good experience. I don't love hearing that people have to you know, stay up all night for a chance to get in the Funko booth. Um, at some other Comic-Cons, they're moving to more like online lotteries and stuff like that, which doesn't make it easier to acquire, but at least reduces the workload that mm-hmm. you might have to engage in to acquire some of this stuff. But, you know... I think I think the real issue of the question that you're getting at is like how accessible do you make certain things? Yeah. And that that is always the balancing act. Like if you if something was just completely proliferate and everywhere, well then a lot of collectors wouldn't find much value in it. Mm-hmm. If you make something too hard to find, then it's like, well now you've just antagonized everybody in your base. Like we did this Batman a year or so ago that was only available at Target and like each Target store had like two of them. That was a bit oppressive for most people to find that. That's a pretty high-value item now at this point. I was probably on the wrong side of the dial. But, hey, you know, now it's a hard-to-find piece, and those that have it are extremely lucky. But I guarantee you, if that if we would have made 50,000 of those, no one would want it. So yeah. it's like, where's that line? And it is always us tweaking the dial. On some things, we're going to tweak it harder towards the collectors. And on some things, it's going to be like, no, this is a mainline item, and we want everybody to find this really, really easily. So it's just a balancing act. And uh, you mentioned that you know Han Solo is not that far away. How are you guys dealing with the increased release schedule with a uh, like a six month gap? Yeah, I, I mean that that's really irrelevant to us because as long as they get us the art assets, we can plan around it. We know that it's coming. It's not like they just you know showed up at our doorstep and we're like we have a new movie in a few months you know we still knew a while back that it was coming it i mean is star wars um you know at this point in its life cycle becoming more and more a part of like our our product development schedule sure i mean we're doing a lot more star wars than we did say four or five years ago but that's certainly not a bad thing by 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 any means i have to point out when mark answered that he did the most nonchalant shrug I'm just like, eh, what are you going to do? We can pump out some pops. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's like I'm back in the back room carving them or anything. <laughs> You've ruined that image for me. <laughs> Whittling pops. Um, Mark, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, what like things coming out for Funko in Star Wars mm-hmm. are, are, like, are you really hyped on? Uh Right now, I would say it's... I mean, I think it's the Mystery Minis. There'll be a Mystery Mini set for 
uh, the classic trilogy. There'll be a mystery mini set for I. I don't know actually if it's for Force Awakens or Last Jedi because you know the characters kind of. I'm looking at them in my head and I'm like I don't actually know what movie that's from, but it's from, from the newer trilogy. Let's just say so. I think that's going to be a cool thing for Star Wars fans to collect. Um, we just started doing Star Wars Dorbs too, which ha- were an exclusive to D23. So I think that was kind of a test for Dorbs to see if people dug them or not. And I, I, by all rights, I think that that went pretty well. And hopefully we get to do more Star Wars Dorbs because I actually like that form factor a lot. I think they're super fun, uh, and I would love to be able to do you know little little chewy Dorbs and all that kind of stuff. I just like it every time you say Dorb. Dorb, right? It, I know. It's great. And Dorbs. I, I always marvel when I listen to collecting podcasts about Star Wars. I, I love hearing a roundtable of four men talking about pops. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah, the name the names are the names are funny. It's great. I'm just like it's like yeah, bro. What pops did you get this week? It's like that's so sweet. That's so sweet. for your Dorbs. And and in Star Wars, what are you most looking forward to? We've got an endless plethora of, of movies till our final days. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about the Last Jedi. I loved the Force Awakens. I had a great time. Uh, I'm I'm I I love any Star Wars movie. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But at this point, I'm actually uh, more excited about the new trilogy than I am about seeing like older stories. Like it's cool. Rogue One's cool. Han Solo's cool. But I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to hear some new stuff. Unless they actually do this long-rumored Ewan McGregor as o- you know Obi Wan in exile, okay, then I'm down with that. You you got me with that one. Okay, all right. You, you could almost uh, apply for a young Qui Gon Jinn role. I like it. You know, I I I I've got a a full Dooku costume at home too, so I could I can always do that. I'm gonna add a little bit more gray to the beard and the hair, but I can pull it off. Nice. I actually someone said that you're you're a Dooku man. So. I am. I am a Dooku. I mean Christopher Lee. Come on, he was. That guy's incredible. He, he did bring a refined elegance and class. I think the word you're looking for is gravitas. Ah, mm. that is that one. That is that word. Um, yeah, The Last Jedi. I, I, I agree with you. I like having the not... I don't know what's going to happen yeah, to the character. Tell me something new. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm still going to go see Hansel. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm me still too. there. It's got I'm Amelia Clark in it. I mean, come but, on. Uh, I, like the, uh, I, like, I like having the open door at the end where it's like, I don't know who's living. I don't know who's dying. Right, right. Amelia Clark, Woody Harrelson, Donald Glover. Whether I like Han Solo or not, that's a cast that you really can't, you know, you, 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 you got to be excited about that just in the casting alone. So it's going to be very exciting. Mark, thanks so much for your time. Uh, very welcome. Your Snoke theory did suck. What? <laughs> but your exclusive is pretty good. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> It's it's twelve twelve. Steele and I are drunk AF. Who are you? Who are you? Hi, my name is Ashley Crossan. We are drunk AF at Comic Con. It is twelve twelve a.m. and uh, it's time for Steel Wars. Let's pop it off. You say it's like you said it's twelve twelve a.m. like it's bad, but wouldn't it be worse if it was twelve twelve p.m. because that oh. would be that would be middle of the day drunk. I think this is more acceptable. Oh, yeah, I'm not ashamed. I work hard and I play hard. All right. So, you're... Fr- Hi, Todd Gilchrist. Hi. Wow, you never know who you'll see walking by. So many people. You know too many people with the internet. <laughs> the internet's a wild place. And over there, leaning against the wall, is... 
dude that everyone loves because he bumps into everyone at night. That's his thing. Ashley is friends with asshole that gets too drunk and then pushes into people and goes, Hey, that's my thing. I'm a dick. Yeah. Retort. Oh, you're, you're going to just like shift the mic to me. Here's the thing. I love everybody. I just do. I think everyone is amazing. And everyone I meet is special and great and grand. What about dick that gets drunk at every event? I guarantee. I guarantee. Still love them. You know, they have that, they have that quality. Dependable. That that's classic asshole that gets too drunk and bumps into everyone. I don't love everyone. Like, uh, people, uh, whatever. Also, oh, do you think, I'm, am I talking you around? <laughs> With facts and logic and basic decency? I'm trying to play a, <laughs> trying to play a card here. No one knows who we're talking about. What? Okay, no one knows who we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's a podcast. It's a, the medium of podcasting is just okay, audio. Let's play a game called Let's Figure Out Who Ashley's Talking About. This, I guarantee he's no one to even figure out who he is. That's true, because he's freaking nobody. He's like, I, I, I guarantee he's a YouTube celebrity. <laughs> Not even. Not even. But he's dependable because every event he's going to get really drunk and bump into people and go, what are you looking at? Someone recognized him at a wiener schnitzel one time and it was like really rocked his world. So, Ash. Yes. You've, you've grown to become one of, the, one of the favorite guests. People love, love, love a bit of Crozen. Love it. Need it. I'm your favorite? No, not mine. The people. Oh. Thought I was your favorite. Oh, I'm. You're in the top several. How many guests have you had? Hundreds. <laughs> okay, top seven is pretty solid then. No, I said several, not oh, seven. I thought you said. <laughs> I feel so bad because you're just opening yourself up for these. Like, I, I didn't expect you to think when I said several that I said seven. So, but it's too easy to like then go. I know I said several, but I feel bad. Like. You're opening self, yourself up to these comments, but I feel bad. But I'm conflicted because I'm like, how do I let that go through? But then, Ash, like, I, I don't want to see you upset. I just feel like um, your listeners probably like me more, so they probably just they'll just be on my side. Ash was. <laughs> yeah, probably, let's retitle this podcast. Just call it Ash Wars. Who steal who? Yes. I mean, I'm just telling you guys. I'm looking at him right now. Beautiful, beautiful Australian man. Hair like, like freaking Jack Dawson from Titanic. Like the first scene, not the last scene. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best compliment ever. First scene, not last scene. I don't know what the first scene is, but I know the last scene's no buys. That's you, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> I, you, you had your Jack Dawson t-shirt on yesterday. I did. Well, it was actually Romeo and Juliet. 
But it was a Leonardo DiCaprio. Ash? Yes? You know I respect you. And in mistaking the role that Leonardo DiCaprio was playing on your t-shirt. Did I just actually you? I'm so sorry. I, 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 I meant no disrespect. offensive. I'm so sorry that I just actually do. I, I thought it was Leonardo when he was on Growing Pains and I feel really embarrassed. Steel, you are so beautiful that nothing you could say could be wrong or offensive. Oh, let's talk about how you invited me to this party and then didn't show up for an hour. Okay, Steele, let's talk about what happened last night. So... Okay, yes. Okay. No, no, no. Let me, let me take okay. over here. Okay, no, for everyone listening, G- <laughs> Ash has now grabbed the microphone. No, no, no. I'm taking it over the podcast. Okay. So, last night, I decided to organize an event because all the press people wanted to meet up with each other and say hi... And hang out. Hey, let's hang out. Okay, and I decided. Hey, Ash. Hi, let's hang out. Okay, can you back away from the microphone? You're annoying. That's what the press was saying. Okay, you're annoying everybody. Um, so Steel decided, or I decided to, I decided to uh, organize an event that everybody could hang out at, and I called it CameraCon, and I made an event, and I said everybody come to this bar whenever you want, no time frame, you can come. Between eight and close. No, 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 no! You can't interject till after. Can I just? Can I clarify something? Yes. Okay, so let's just clarify that in Ash's parameters for this event, she said, "Hey guys, turn up whenever you want." But no, 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 because it's recorded, and people can rewind. Sure. And you just said you can turn up whenever you want. I did just say that, but it started at eight p.m. What time did you show up? Probably north of 11. It was like 11, 12, midnight maybe? No, no. Okay. No, this way. Let's follow. Okay. So people have gone off in different directions. Ash decided to follow the most annoying person on the planet that I just gave her a look of like, no, we're not following the dude that bumped into me then just said, do you want to fight? Because I just bumped into you. Okay, so here's what happened. I organized an event so that everybody could come and say hi to each other. Oh, this is the real talk, guys. This is this is real. No, this is, this is very real. Consider this a Star Wars exclusive. So, I organized an event. This is the exclusive for all of Star Wars. And... Do you know what happens when you organize an event? You get very stressed out that people aren't having a good time. So people would show up and they'd be like, wow, not a lot of people are here. And I'm like, well, it's okay. Like, more people are coming. Whatever, whatever. But but can I ask of the listeners, can you fathom anyone having a bad time in a room where Ashley Crozen is holding court? Well, I don't believe that that even exists. But, yes... So, Seal shows up, like, three hours late, and then walks up and says, Wow, what a great party you put on. Like, very sarcastically. No! No! I didn't know it was your party. I just said, oh, I'm at your... Because it was called Cameron Con. Explain what Cameron Con is. <sighs> this is a very long story. The Cameron Con thing is a very long story. Okay, well, Ash once met a weird dude called Cameron and decided to make... A con about him, apparently. That's that's what I've gathered. And I turned up because 
I don't know. Like, there's this Cameron Con thing that that's like invented around some guy that served Ash once in Florida and ran her Cameron Con against. I don't know if you guys have heard this thing, but there's this little pop culture movement starting called San Diego Comic Con. Okay, now Ash has has faded off from the podcast now is asking people, are we near bubs? Which is embarrassing. If you know the context or you don't know the context. Bubs is a good bar, but um, please don't ever post this podcast. (laughs) Are you going to finish the, the story of Cameron Con? You want to tell the entire story from start to finish? No, just do the bit where you're trying to def- def- like make me seem like a horrible person. Oh, well, you like showed up and you were like, great party, Ashley, like very sarcastically. And you know what's the rude part is when someone tries to get everybody to come together and hang out, and then you say what? that they didn't throw a good party. You know what you don't do is walk up to a host of a party and be like, great party, not... Okay, first of all, do you want to go and do you want to, do you want to like do you want to like get angry or do you want to like hear the facts? I do not want to get angry. Do you want to hear the facts? No, really not. Well, you didn't say that you organized it. And then when I got there, you said this is the highlight of the calendar. And then I made a joke that said, well the calendar doesn't seem very well and then someone turned. Yeah, I turned. I turned to the dark side on you that night. A turn that has continued to this very day. It really has. I'm so sorry. I mean, I I adore you, but you're right, Dorena. You're right. Don't shut on my party. So excited. <laughs> Stop holding the microphone. So. Are you ready to come to terms with the CameraCon incident and wipe the slate? It shouldn't have been an incident. It was a great event. Everyone should have had a bitch in time. If I, I, it was fun. It was good. And everyone should have been like, hey, thank you for inviting me. But did you explain CameraCon to me properly or just text me a JPEG and okay. said, come to this? Well, I feel like this should be a lesson to any listeners to maybe not exit a party and say... Thanks to the party was so bad because who would say that to someone that's throwing a party? Did I say it was bad? Yes. <laughs> Ash is... This is the th- great thing about Ash. She can read between the lines and then you blame you for it. Did anyone here go to Cameron Con? What? Did any of these people? Uh, no. So, so you're grilling me, the one person in this group that came to your event. Well, you started the podcast. I had nothing to do with this. You brought it up. I think it's recorded, and it will. When people listen back, they'll go. It was Ash. She brought up the issues about Cameron Con. Like you brought it up, like you started a podcast. But but it's recorded. You know who I'm gonna rile up, Ashley, while she's walking home. 
<laughs> Would you like to finish the podcast, Ash? Sure. Um, Quirks are cute. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.